Welcome to the epicenter of sports and entertainment. This, This is the Root Dog Show. Now, here's your host, Rudy Reyes. Doesn't that make you want to get into the training camp spirit? Or am I just kidding myself? Welcome to the Rude Dog Show. This is Rudy Reyes live here in, well, California, Central California, today's California, as well as uh, today's Canada. If you're into that, live on YouTube, live on Twitter, live on Facebook, and basically I'm live everywhere known to mankind. So make sure you tune in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, want to throw something at me, let's talk about it. Live here on the Rude Dog Show, I'm your host, Rudy Reyes. Good evening, everybody. I know everybody had their uh, their fill of what we'd like to call training camp. And you know, this time of year, fans come together. They're tightening in a group. This isn't going into a stadium and 30,000 fans are screaming your name and hopefully not obscenities or anything else. And I, I look at this as training camps take apart throughout the country. And you know, football has arrived when training camps begin and there's a lot to unwrap. We're going to jump right into it in a moment. But when we look at the dust settling, and it's time for players to determine whether or not they belong or they've arrived in a year. Maybe in year two, they found a way to maybe break out, maybe something in the offseason that has enabled them to become that much better mentally, athletically, maybe a combination of the two. Hopefully that is the case. I'd like to think that a lot of players would find their way in year two. We've seen some injuries that kept year one players or rookies uh, out of the mix uh, in regards to their play style, what they're going to do, how productive they can be, and what they mean to their team. And when I look at year one, maybe a, a pretense, maybe even second-year players, or maybe even a veteran who's coming over from another team, finding their way into a training camp that they may not be familiar with uh, in the sense of their first take versus the second. And Rodolfo, a saludos destere. Uh, La Ciudad de Mexico. I, that's that's the best I got. Thank you so much, Morofo. I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, and I and I look at this as coaches are going to do an honest, thorough, well documented uh, determination whether or not this is a cream of the crop or those guys who have done everything they possibly could just flat out drop. And when I say drop, I mean drop off of the list of starting possibilities. And through the spring workouts, voluntary, involuntary. Uh, thanks, Javon, appreciate it. Uh, much love to my California folks and anybody else who wants to respond, but thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank you for watching. When you look at spring workouts, maybe the involuntary, maybe the voluntary workouts uh, and coaches often preach and or they rant or whatever kind of conversation they wanna have with their players. And ultimately, this is about setting a foundation. I know it's a cliche. You've probably heard it before. Um, and it's not a big deal as Rodolfo draws a blank on that one. I know that there's a lot to unwrap here. I'm just throwing this out there right now. Uh, and when you look at what coaches do to help facilitate wide receiving coaches, tight end coaches, quarterback coaches to get guys who are in position, uh, whether or not they're battling for a spot, or they aren't battling for a spot. And if you're not battling for a spot, you have no business being in a training camp field near you, me, or anywhere else for that matter. But it's really about who wins those battles. And you can say, you know, I've won this battle, I've won this battle, I've won that. But it's really about the war, right? The war is the last day of training camp. 
I'm not saying you wait until that point to uh, exhibit your your athleticism, your football IQ, or your knowledge of the sport, or a combination of all of those. And hopefully you're utilizing every aspect of who you are in order to make that cut and make that NFL roster spot. Because it's about the final battle that really matters to all coaches and all teams. That's not about the small battles whatsoever. Somehow, some way, the questions about position battles become ultimately dismissed. As if there was something in the air nobody really wants to talk about, maybe a fly on the wall, maybe an elephant in the room. And if you have a fly and an elephant in the room, gosh, watch out. One could step on you and uh, one get off your food. These position battles can be addressed later as training camps begin. And, of course, leading into this uh, August 4th Hall of Fame game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we, we know that we've made this, this trek, you know, this long path. We've seen the Rams win the Super Bowl. They beat Cincinnati Bengals. Even though they weren't the home team, they did. Uh, I, I was very fortunate to be there. I'm very humbled just by the opportunity of attending the game, uh, time festivities, the, the walkthroughs uh, for NFL history, as well as a lot of the different types of foods and vendors and, um, of course, all the good stuff they have in the NFL shop. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, you know, it's really time for August 4th to come a lot sooner than later. I'm not going to dive into it. We talked about it yesterday. If you haven't checked out the show between me, uh, uh, with me and Gene, me, Gene uh, Thompson, check it out. He's on Podbean. Uh, it was a fantastic show last night. Uh, so I wanted to thank Gene for that opportunity to be on the show yesterday. And when you look at the, I want to call it a short off season. You can uh, unpack this any way you'd like, but when you look at the short off season and you know, there's NFL uh, off season activities. Um, and, uh, I, that's perfectly okay. Rodolfo. I, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Doesn't matter if it feels in English or Spanish or any other language for that matter. I thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. So thanks for that. Uh, you know, we've made this this place in history where training camps begin. Guys are battling now. Now it's time to put the pedal to the metal. And when I look at training camps being in full swing, they are in full swing. You're going to look at guys who are fighting for that top spot, that number one, and not the number two, and not the number three, which is ultimately special teams uh, and or in the practice squad capacity, which doesn't really, you know, sit well for a lot of players. They can be cherry picked out of the practice uh, squad. If for some reason a team needs a guy, uh, it it happens all the time. Make no mistake about it. But right now it's time for these guys to show the worth to these teams, show the worth to the fans who rooted for them, not only in college, but as they take their next step and, and the evolution of who they are athletically, personally, uh, as well as what they mean to the fans. And some fans are following from college uh, into the pros. And we see all the time where, you know, you see all the love on the field. I love watching these guys. Uh, I was in uh, Steelers training camp in 2014, and it, it, it's, it never gets old. It's, it's always fun to watch them uh, walk down and, and talk, to, talk to kids who idolize them or talk to, you know, parents who brought their kids to attend these uh, training camps sessions and just be able to really uh, get a little bit closer to these guys. You otherwise would not have the opportunity to do. And of course, training camps not here for very long throughout the NFL. Uh, but after that, you get into 
preseason, of course, preseason is only three games and you have 18 weeks in the NFL, no longer 17, but you don't have that type of wraparound, give your guy that you've been following since way back when a hug or a handshake or here, sign my ball, sign my Jersey. Uh, It's really an intimate setting, nothing like it on the planet whatsoever. And if you haven't been to one, I really suggest you get to at least one, at least you're going to love it. You're going to appreciate being there and all the time and money and effort and vacation time and whatever the case might be, you're going to love it. It's fantastic for all fans of all ages. And and, and there is no, um, there's just nothing better than that. And I speak from experience on it. Uh, We're not going to dodge anything here. We're going to really get into who's who, when, how, and why who's going to battle for position, who isn't going to battle for position. But more importantly, we're going to look at, you know, how these guys are going to set themselves up for an obvious competitive match between the guys that they're facing off, not only against, but battling out for that starting position, which is a very coveted spot in any NFL team, on any NFL team, in any first round, uh, second round, third round, as long as you get picked in the NFL draft, uh, between the first and, you know, cause we know the first round is like the, the cream of the crop, second round, third round, fourth round, so on, uh, or, or follows. However, the first round guys are the ones that you really look forward to because teams find a way to set those expectations, not only for themselves, uh, but they know what they're going to get. And, uh, we're going to talk about that here momentarily. Uh, but when we, when we look at not only receivers, offensive linemen, running backs, you know, guys who are jockeying for position. Uh, and believe me, there are a plethora of, uh, of offensive line uh, jobs up for grabs throughout the NFL. And with uh, various types of rotations on defense, you look at guys who are trying to get into the second tier uh, and maybe be that rotational player. And if they're not the rotational player, then they're probably not going to see a whole lot of daylight uh, unless injury happens. And heaven forbid, COVID even becomes a part of that as well. But that's just that's just being realistic. Um, when we look at every club, of course, a lot of those starters are returning for last season. A lot of new faces, a lot of new places, uh, and guys who are you know going to be looked at very, uh, very uh, projectedly in regards to what they do, how they perform. Uh, what those teams are looking for, what their expectations are for these guys moving forward. We're going to start with the Carolina Panthers, uh, who had earlier in the season, uh, in the offseason rather, had talked up uh, Sam Darnold just a little bit, um, but a lot of things missing uh, from him. And in turn, that's consistency uh, that has a lot to do with, uh, you know, a guy who was not picked overall, but uh, later uh, inside of the 2018 NFL draft. And here comes Baker Mayfield, first overall draft pick by the Cleveland Browns in 2018, now finds himself in a new system under Matt Rule. And what's really interesting about this is that when you look at the consistency from Mayfield, it has been there. He has a competitive edge. He has the the consistency, the football IQ. uh, And and I I hate to harp on that enough, but you, you have to have that regardless of what position you play. Defense, uh, offense, special teams, no knucklehead moves, um, no blocking the back, things of that nature, which we see consistently because guys just get out-battled on that, on that field. But when we look at Sam Darnold, I think to myself, can, can Sam Darnold become 
better or is this the final version and we know who Sam Darnold is. And I've interviewed, I've met Sam Darnold quite a few times. And in college, he's absolutely fantastic. But in the NFL, it's Vince Body at best. So it's really hard to determine whether or not Sam Darnold is going to be that guy moving forward. But I like Baker Mayfield in this spot. I believe Baker Mayfield wins this spot. Um, and, of course, the, the biggest uphill battle for Baker Mayfield is building, uh, building trust, uh, understanding the playbook, understanding what Matt Rule wants from him and being able to translate that on any given down, even in a training cap capacity. So he, he definitely has his work cut out for him. But like I said, I believe Mayfield's going to find a way to win that starting job. And it's going to be it's going to be seen a lot sooner or later, especially in training camp. Um, when we look at Geno Smith and Drew Locke in Seattle, of course, that's left without Russell Wilson. And more importantly, when you look at, at Geno Smith, he has a slight edge because he knows the system. And when you look at you know um, when you look at Pete Curl and how he runs the offense and the types of ways that he's been using offensive uh, talent uh, from a quarterback position. Uh, has been really, really strong from guys like Russell Wilson. I mean, how how much can you learn from a guy named Russell Wilson? A whole heck of a lot. Uh, the sad part is about Geno Smith is that he's very inconsistent. Uh, but it, it, it will boil down to trust. Now, Drew Locke had a relatively better uh, 2021 season as the season went on, but still not that guy, not the consistency you're looking for in checkdowns, um, although he knows how to heave that ball. Uh, being the, the 2019 second round pick, he just he's just not consistent enough. Does he turn that around? Does he end up being that guy? Uh, I, I think that Pete Carroll, the way that I know Pete Carroll, in the sense of how he runs the offense, he'll end up starting Geno Smith. And if Geno Smith fails, you know you have to question Pete Carroll and say, look, how much are you, how much rope are you going to give Geno to hang himself uh, versus Drew Locke? and and that's who you'll ultimately choose to start your. 2022 campaign moving forward when i look at another team who's really battling right now of course with the uh departure of ben roethlisberger some people say it was a year too late some people as they say it's a year too soon uh but nevertheless the steelers have gone on in a non-roethlisberger area if you've seen them pitch tonight i made a, a slight joke in regards to good thing the ball that he threw for a strike was not intercepted uh that was a joke. <laughs> that was purely a joke. So I just wanted to clarify that. Um, but when we look at, at Kenny Pickett, first, you know, uh, first round uh, pick, 20th position overall, um, it, it's just something that when, when, when I look, when I look at who, who he is, and I think to myself, man, do, do, does Pickett have the arm? Does he have the talent? Does he have the familiarity with the Steeler offense? Well, he does, if he was to have watched them, and he had the ability because he played on Saturdays at Pitt, which was at then uh, Heinz Field, now Akershire Stadium. And I, I think that you're going to see Pickett, who uh, obviously was picked off today a couple of times. Trubisky did not feel, did not look as comfortable as I thought he would, uh, knowing that he had come over from a Buffalo Bills uh, Brian Dayball system. Uh, and Mason Rudolph starting to turn some some heads, maybe a little bit more, only because he's a veteran. He knows the system. He played under Ben Roethlisberger. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's the heir apparent. That just means that he has a slight edge, at least at this point. And I think the Steelers are best suited to find out who that is a lot sooner or later. Before 
the 2022 campaign begins for the Steelers. Um, Trubisky did show a little bit of eh, with, with the Bears under Matt Nagy, but then again, we're talking about Matt Nagy, and everybody knows who's watched the show knows that Matt Nagy is not my favorite guy for a head coach position, found himself somewhere else, which is a good thing for Bears fans and an even better thing uh, for Mitch Trubisky, who seems to be growing as a quarterback uh, and will find his way one way or another in this Steelers system. And it's not a big monetary loss, if just in case he does not. This is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show on Today's California, Today's Canada on Twitter, uh, live on YouTube. When I look at Ben Roethlisberger's final season, I think the Steelers were handcuffed offensively. And I think they knew what had to be done. And I'm a, you know, to be honest with you, I'm a big Ben fan when he was a lot younger. And as he, you know, got older with a lot of miles, a lot of injuries, you know, he spent a lot of time playing on this, you know, in the same system on this, well, different systems offensively, but the same Steeler mentality. Um, You know, he's a, he's a true Steeler, definitely first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, But you got to know when to say when, and he did. And he ultimately called it what it was. But can Trubisky or Pickett or Mason Rudolph find a way to get it to the open wide, you know, tools in the tool shed between Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, uh, and lots of other fantastic talent. Uh, uh, Pat uh, Fairmuth, uh, who's a second-year tight end, who did absolutely fantastic things uh, last season, um, as well as being able to, to, to get that ball to Najee Harris in the outs. So we're going to, we're going to find out who that is. Buffalo bills. We obviously know who the starting quarterback is. There's no question there, but it's more about the running back situation between Singletary Moss and cook. Now, when I look at whatever order comes in, it could be a running back by committee by the time 2022 actually decides to show itself, but the bills didn't do very good last year, at least in the running game, 73 catches to 520 receiving yards. Um, and of course, maybe bottom 10, bottom, uh, bottom 11 in the NFL, uh, in, in, in 2021. So it really remains to be seen who's going to get it. Uh, Singletary may have had his best season, but he's very inconsistent. Um, and of course, Moss, uh, hasn't been anything more than just a guy, um, on the field wearing a Bill's uniform, as far as I can see. So it's really about cook who can be that, that pass catcher. And if I have to give an edge to any one of these guys, it's going to be it's going to be Moss. That's why I've seen it before the draft, and I still see it that way now. The Miami Dolphins have kind of a, a paradigm, but it's kind of a good problem to have when you have Tyreek Hill, Chase uh, Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle. Of course, there there's no question who you're going to start a Super Bowl champion uh, in Tyreek Hill, who's an absolute freak uh, on the field. Of course, they don't call him Tyreek the Freak for nothing because the guy is just explosively fast um, and he's very elusive. And you've seen that with Patrick Mahomes as he's thrown balls to him for a couple of years. Uh, There's just a lot of things to like about the Miami Dolphins and this running back. I I don't want to say controversy because it's not a controversy. It's really about battle for position. Uh, But it's going to be crowded between Gaskin and Ahmed or Ahmed, excuse me, uh, who's going to battle for back end roster spots. And it, it could be could be a little dicey because Edmonds comes over as a uh, former Arizona Cardinal uh, who did great things, uh, regardless of who was under center for Arizona Cardinals last year. And I, I really I really like this pickup 
of Chase Edmonds. He wants to be on a better team and a better system. Uh, and I think McDaniels brings that, uh, that type of mentality coming over from San Francisco. Uh, so this is going to be quite interesting to see what this looks like uh, moving forward. But the bigger question is, is will, will Edmonds be that guy moving forward uh, receiving balls from, um, from, from Tua? So we're going to find out what this running game looks like from the Miami Dolphins as time goes on. Um, when we look at the Dallas Cowboys, of course, there's you know serious uh, departures between Cedric Wilson um, and the loss of Cooper uh, going over to uh, the, the Cleveland Browns. C.D. Lamb is is in you know uh, year year two, uh, and I, I think he's going to find his way. I just don't know what this offensive system is going to look like if they're going to do a bunch. Uh, but I think this is more about James Washington, Jalen Tolbert, either one of those guys could get starting spots, but when you look at uh, off-season workouts that were missed by, by Washington, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of fire he has and, and how fast he's been, he's been able to recover moving forward and could be a viable component in the Dallas Cowboys system if he's healthy enough to play. So we're going to find out exactly what that looks like for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, as far as the Green Bay Packers are concerned, no Devontae Adams. He goes over to Las Vegas. And, you know, there's a, there's a huge battle for wide receivers. Why? Well, it's kind of obvious. Christian Watson, rookie, doesn't have a stellar record. Uh, and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, who does not. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Uh, Watkins does get kind of an edge, but also a very inconsistent. I think in some capacities, a very underutilized wide receiver uh, and has been for quite some time, especially in Kansas City under the uh, watchful eye of Andy Reid. Uh, and receive some balls uh, from um, Patrick Mahomes. So right now, you don't have Devontae Adams. You have Christian Watson, who could be out for at least a month or so with an uh, injury, uh, versus Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Uh, I do like Lazard, whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. It remains to be seen. I don't agree with Rodgers' assessment of that, at least not yet. Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers, and Romeo Dubes. So it's hard to say who's going to get what, when, how, and why. Would you trust a three-receiver set? I don't know. I like more of a tight end bunch myself. Uh, wide receivers are never known to block, and I wouldn't give them an, an inkling to be able to have that uh, the luxury of trying to block at all whatsoever. Uh, but Watkins placed on an active non-football injury list on Tuesday. Is Lazard going to be that guy between him and Cobb? I think both of those guys – in a, in a mix of young wide receiving youth uh, and Rodgers could find their way in that playmaking role in year two. And of course, a, a fourth round pick in, in Dube certainly begs a question as to whether or not he's going to get any love from Aaron Rodgers, the two-time NFL MVP. So I, I, I want to see how this unfolds. I want to see what they look like offensively without, um, you know, Without Devontae Adams, that again, that really the jury's out on that one in a big, big way. Uh, Denver Broncos, they acquire Russell Wilson. No question who the quarterback's going to be, but more importantly, the talent surrounding him. Jerry Judy's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I love Corlin Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick, and I like KJ Hamler despite the ACL that was torn last year. Uh, but will first year Nathaniel Hackett find a way to put these guys together? And who gets the most snaps, especially uh, in, in the red zone, 20 yards and below. So we're going to find out what this potential personnel package looks like or the various personnel packages. I'd like to think 12 would be a good way to go. Um, 
but that remains to be seen. I, I know that uh, tight ends aren't very plenty, uh, plentiful, excuse me, within the Denver Broncos. I know they have Noah Fant. Uh, I want to see what, what they do with, uh, with the guys that they did get in a third, uh, the third round pick, Albert uh, Okwujuman. Uh, I want to see how that plays out. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders certainly um, are in an offensive line battle. Probably doesn't even begin to explain who they are or what they're trying to accomplish, uh, which is sealing up that offensive line, which has been kind of porous at times, and forcing Derek Carr to make you know interceptions and of course secondaries. They love that stuff, and we see that going on and on and on every year that Derek Carr has been under center for the Raiders. However, with that being said. You know, Leatherwood is a guy, could be a starting right tackle. Um, I, I believe he's going to find a way uh, to, to be that guy. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work, um, and I don't know that he is ready uh, between uh, Brandon Parker and himself. I, I think Parker could have an edge depending on what performance Leatherwood's going to bring for the Raiders. So we're going to find out what that looks like. Denzel Good. Um, and of course on the, uh, reserve retired, uh, list, he could obviously go out as well. Cotton jr. And he got some good snaps at right guard. I want to see how that training camp battle. So a, a lot of stuff to unwrap. Um, I don't know again, what that looks like for, for, for the Raiders and the offensive line, because they're going to have to seal that off. I don't, I do not foresee the Raiders doing anything other than trying to seal that line and fortify it for, so Derek Carr can do his job because without that, he's going to have to scramble for his life. And it's going to be for a very long and ugly season in Las Vegas. And last but not least, the Philadelphia Eagles. Interesting to see the linebacking core. As we know, Nicobe Dean was taken in the draft. I was there, had a chance to interview him. Great guy. Love his talent, his skill set. He's a big guy. Very, very big guy. But it's really about where they put him. What actual spot in the linebacking core he'll, he'll be installed into. Um, and to be honest with you, this was kind of a, a throwaway by no team that wanted to find a way to, to grab Nicobe Dean, but the guy's an absolute beast. I think one of the reasons why other teams may have not wanted to, to draft him and nab him is because he has some injury concerns, but a lot of team, a lot of players have injury concerns coming out of college. Um, those that either had it fixed, did not have it fixed. It was a sprain. Uh, if it was a tear, that's one thing, but sprains are completely different in the sense of the longevity for which you need to heal from. So it's really going to be very interesting to see that Nicobe Dean Cushpitch could push Edwards into a starting role, uh, but ultimately it was an upgrade for them to grab him. I just want to see how well he moves, what his footwork looks like, uh, what his hand placement looks like, how he's able to you know get into the backfield. Uh, and apply pressure to the offensive line. But again, that's one of those things that uh, the Raiders really need to do, and that solidify that offensive line. So we're going to find that th this is going to be very interesting to see what this breaks down to and whether or not Dean will find a way into that starting cast, which I think he will. So again, a lot of training camp um, things going on, a lot of activities. Uh, again, if you haven't been to a training camp, go, go. You will love it. You will absolutely Love it and enjoy it. Take your kids, your family, whoever can travel that far. Uh, but with that being said, look, enjoy. Thank you for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Rodolfo, Jovan, uh, thank you guys so much for uh, giving me some love on the show. This is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. Everybody have a great weekend, and I will see you back here next week. Thank you so much.
Have a great night.